Welcome to the Family Movie Night Podcast, episode 37. In honor of the movie we are discussing this week, 2004's 13 Going on 30, I want to ask my wonderful co-hosts, uh, in, uh, what is one candy that just takes you back to being 13, all right? In 13 Going on 30, it's the candy Razzles. It's both a candy and a gum. And uh, so I want to ask the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey, uh, what 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 candy or what kind of like maybe even a, a soft drink or something just takes you back, man, takes you back to being 13. So this is going this is going to show my age. If you all like back in the day, there are two things. One, as a drink, it was Surge. Oh, Surge. hundred percent. Did you go to any of the Surge launch party things that they had in Noonan? No, but I heard they, I heard like people talk about them all the time. <laughs> I had a, my best friend had like seven surge t shirts because they were like surge and they had like out, like I think it was at like by Whitlock Fields in Noonan. Yeah. They had like these like guys would come out and they had like games and they were like just trying to sell you surge to children. Uh, I mean, it's, it's completely unhealthy drink, but man, I love surge. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. What candy? I think there's there there's kind of a split. Like there was these things called like string things that Betty Crocker made. Like they were just like little candies. And then there's also Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos, man. At 13? I don't know. That's like 90s, wasn't it? It yeah. was back in the 90s. The dunk Dunkaroos. I just man, I love Dunkaroos, man. Dunkaroos. That takes me out. back though. Like it's like cause you know, like getting that snack and you like you open it up and you Well, do you remember that like parents would be like <laughs> You kids want a healthy snack? Y'all take some cookies and pure icing. <laughs> All right. Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast. Uh, Judy Greer's Lucy of the Six Chicks. Uh, Sawyer, I, I, I think you would have made a the, the, a wonderful first man in the Six Chicks. I'll take that. I, I'm okay. I'm okay with Judy Greer. Um, yeah. All right. What's your go-to my... a snack or candy from 13? Um, so like look that's only 13 years ago okay that's half my age okay and okay. so that's not that long ago i mean like i had this last week hot tamales and a cream soda at 13 and 26 those are those are still pretty great okay? that sounds like a deadly combination for me at uh my age which will be undisclosed at this point but i think that is a uh that is a oof. That is a rough combination, but I, but I applaud you. I applaud you. Live it up as long as you can. And of course the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper, uh, what, what's going on? What, what, what was your go-to snack at 13? So my favorite candy was six lips. Oh, I remember. Yes. Yes. And were they gum? I could never figure out. Was that gum? No, it's just no, candy. No, yeah, just chocolate, and you could like pop. They were in a little row. Mm-hmm. Uh, the package. You just pop oh, you know what I thought it. when you said sixlets the first time. I now remember what you're talking about. I thought you said chiclets. Oh, oh. chiclets. No, that's chiclets gum. was what okay. came to mind. That is gum. gum, but it really wasn't gum because I mean it didn't last very long. But yeah, right. sixlets. I do. Yes, I do remember sixlets. Yeah. Yes, sixlets were the like the ones that were like it was like a smaller version of an M M&M. and M, like yeah, any like chocolate candy. Oh yeah. And what what a ripoff as an adult I understand now. Like, because my kids would be that way. Like, let's pay 
two and a half dollars for six little mini M&Ms. And I'm like, just buy the M&Ms. It's a better value. And they're like, but it's cute because they're little. Oh, I forgot about Squeeze-Its. Oh, oh, how did I forget about Fruit Gushers, man? Yes. I used to love fruit. Do they even make Fruit Gushers anymore? They do. Oh, they yeah. do. Donnie's, that's, that's the sound of a dad. That's the sound of a dad who buys his kids buys his kids candy and then eats it all. Oh no, they well, make it. Funny is that Donnie and I both said it at the exact same time and we were both shaking our head, but mine was muted. We both said <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. Uh, my name is Nathan, and I am joined, as always, by the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey, the villain of our podcast, Sawyer Hewlett, and the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper. Uh, we are so glad to be here today talking about a great film from 2004 that we think is great for your kids, but we also think your teenagers uh, would be into this movie. It's called 13 Going on 30. It stars uh, Jennifer Garner and uh, Mark Ruffalo, and it is about a girl who is sick of the social strictures which I thought I had to read that three times to figure out is that supposed to be structures or strictures? It is strictures. Social strictures of junior high is transformed into a grown up overnight. She goes from 13 to 30. In this feel good fairy tale, teenager Jenna wants a boyfriend. And when she's unable to find one, she fantasizes about being a well adjusted adult. Suddenly, her secret desire becomes a reality and she is transformed into 30 year old Jennifer Garner. But adulthood with its own set of male-female challenges isn't as easy as it looks. But before we get to talking about that today, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that'll matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and some shared experiences that'll help you build stronger relationships. And, you know, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are, you know, they're not just an easy way to share, you know, laughter and joy, fear and sadness in a safe environment, but you know, they, they give us a chance to talk about what matters most in a way that's meaningful and memorable with our children. And, you know, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but, you know, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add uh, one more thing to your to-do list as parents that you're going to feel guilty about. But <clears throat> we want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together and for you to be able to have conversations with them about your love for Jesus in a fun and memorable way. And so we're going to have a lot of fun talking about these movies uh, because we just want to keep things uh, light and enjoyable. But we also 
We also want to give you handles, as we've said, to talk about not just Jesus, but about Jesus' way of life. And this is what I mean. There's often a way when we, as Christian parents, want to watch movies with our kids. There's a way in which we think our job is to figure out everything like it's a parable of Jesus. And who is the person in this that's supposed to be Jesus and which person is supposed to be me? But really what we want to do is to watch the movie and be able to talk about the movie on its own terms. And what is this movie trying to say? What is the message it's giving to our kids? And let's find a way to have a conversation. And we're going to give you a way to talk about that with this particular movie. But in just a moment, we're going to do that. Because first, we just want to talk about how this is a fun movie and why we think you and your family, your kids, uh, your teenagers will enjoy this. So let's just talk about 13 going on 30. Uh, let's go ahead and just start with the villain of our podcast, uh, Sawyer. Uh, is this your first time seeing 13 going on 30? I, I think this is my second time. I don't remember the first time, but I'm pretty sure I was at a party where we watched this and I was just not paying attention. I was is that what parties are like in Missouri? No, that's what <laughs> parties you go are to a like. Party and they're like, guys. No, that's what parties are like at Bible college. Okay. Oh, that's, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. We look, I we already turn on, we it. turn on 18 <laughs> year old movies. Yes, Jennifer Garner. Correct. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty sure I watched it there once, but I, 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 I didn't remember anything from it other than just like, yeah, it was a kind of a fun movie. Um, so this time Go ahead. I, I really, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it, it has a, I mean, look, it, it kind of is a ripoff, but I don't think, I, I don't think this is a bad thing. Like it's very similar to big in a lot of like the humor aspects and stuff like that. It's, making really good jokes about a 13 year old brain in the body of a 30 year old and stuff sure. like that. Um, uh, and I really thought, um, Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo do a great job of like, like their comedic chops in this movie are really funny. Um, and then we're going to get into it. The, the first act is such a good, like framing up of where the movie is going. It really, it was just a really on as, I don't know what genre you would put this in. I guess it's like a family movie, I guess. Whatever genre this is, it does it very, very well is the thing um, in terms of the... I, the I would call this a romantic comedy. I think yeah. I, I think it's hard. It's a, it's a rom-com. I, mean, I, I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I guess I just hesitate to, to call a movie about two 13-year-olds falling in love a rom-com, but it is a rom-com. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'll say this. I'll say this. You had mentioned big and I, I get the comparisons to big. I'll say this. If you're a parent and you grew up in the 80s and you're thinking between this and big, watch this with your kids because there are things that happen in big that you don't remember happening. Big, very true. Which are very confusing to talk about yep. with your children. So yeah. I would I would talk about this movie uh, because this movie is much more. And you mentioned it. It's it's more family friendly. Uh, it is, there's really not a ton that I think of there. Are, there are a couple like jokes and references to the fact that she has a boyfriend and that they're obviously, I guess they're not really living together, but they're obviously sleeping together. And there are some kind of jokes about that, but like my kids have watched this like twice. They love it. And it, it really go. It, it, if your kid is too young to understand it, it'll go right over their head. It not, none of it is very explicit. So yeah, I think, the um, the fact that this movie's rated PG-13 is a sign of what movies were in 2004. If this movie came out today, this is a PG movie. Like, yeah, no probably. My mind. And I don't want to, I don't get past it. You should read the parents guide. There certainly yeah. is discussions of, um, 
more adult themes, but they are done so, and I think really well from the perspective of what a 13-year-old would understand of adult issues, as opposed to big i just to hit on big again no uh, yeah i think I, I think i think big is problematic in lots of ways whereas 100 is yeah. yeah so but this movie this movie i agree uh very fun uh very heartfelt uh did you did it move your cold dead villain judy greer heart by the end of this one um you didn't well, get swept up in the romance a little bit okay so it was good i i would compare the romantic aspect of this movie to that of like princess diaries it's fine i thought the humor in this movie is much better are okay? you aligning the princess diaries no i love the princess diaries but okay. both of these movies work better when they're trying to be funny rather than like heartfelt and sincere okay, okay. it's the right. same thing it's like what crazy stupid love does better is the thing crazy stupid love is funny and sincere these movies are I think, just really really funny i think i'm gonna blow your mind Okay. Crazy stupid love, not that romantic. Oh my god. This that doesn't doesn't work that well. Just another another It isn't it isn't super romantic. I will I will grant you that, but it is super funny. It is funny. It's a funny movie. All right, let's go to the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. What do you think as far as about families watching this movie? What do you think uh do you think families are going to enjoy this movie? Yeah, I mean, I think it's def- it's definitely easy to an easy watch. Um, I think the comedy like kind of transcends like different age levels because there are things that are always present for almost anyone, whether yeah. it's an on-screen joke, a physical comedy, or if it's like just some good dialogue, like it just, it re- it can resonate with you. And I think like kind of going to what Sawyer was talking about, I was like, I think this falls more in line with like, more like the new girl, like in like that mm. awkward, that awkward romantic type of thing. Yeah. Like, like it's funny. And also kind of cute, but it's also but it kind of like balances on that awkwardness kind of thing. Well, I think you bring up awkwardness that goes to once again the way that I think this movie does better of portraying as well as I a a third thirty almost thirty three year old man could understand a thirteen year old girl's mentality. It (laughs) seems to understand the way that thirteen year olds think about romance and the awkwardness of that. Even when she's like as Jennifer Garner, her performance of like being this awkward, insecure kind of 13-year-old girl, but also sweet and innocent. Like, it, yeah. I, I think it works. Now, I will say this. A lot of people may not know this. D- Donnie Dorsey, not only a movie aficionado, but a pop music aficionado. <laughs> Is this the best use of Thriller in a movie? Because it's a pretty darn good one. I, I say it's up there. I'd say it's yeah. definitely top five because the fact that they did it well. Yes. And the fact that the way they incorporated it it wasn't as cheesy as you would expect. Like people were like, it was like very subtle. Like people were like, okay, I think I can do this part of the, and then yeah, it was good. Well, and the way it it really works as a character moment too, to kind of bring people together, it's just really well done. And was a really fun, funny moment. My kids love that moment. And they've obviously never seen the thriller music video, but they got that this was from a song or like they picked up just by context, what was happening. Yeah. All right, Heidi Cooper, mom of our podcast. Is this a movie that you think uh, families are going to like? And you, you're 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 also bringing the uh, female perspective as someone who actually was a 13 year old girl at one point. Uh, yes. did, did this movie work on you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that like, especially being um, born in the early 80s and kind of growing up in the same like time frame or whatever, the music, all of it. Like, I was like. 
man, yeah. The hairdos. Yes. It's like, yeah, girl, I remember sporting that one. <laughs> well, but, yes, and like everyone wearing like the leg warmers at one point. Uh-huh, and like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, you yeah. know, has kind of come back into fashion is like the fitness look, like the amount of like, I'll say this. I, well, and I think there are dude, teenage boys always are wearing gym shorts at all times. But I think uh, uh, the amount of, you know, you go to Target and the amount of like people in exercise wear that I go, you didn't go to the gym today. <laughs> Athleisure. Athleisure. Yeah. It's my favorite. Yeah. So good. Good. All right. Well, let's get to the themes of this movie. Obviously, I've kind of talked on, uh, as I do, on everyone's turn. So I think it's a great movie. Uh, I think it's really fun. And uh, I think families are going to enjoy it. And I think especially, once again, um, as a dad with girls, this gives me a lot of uh, conversations to have with them because they're all at different levels. Right. I have I have a, a daughter who is uh, almost 11. And so she is kind of at that preteen introduction to puberty and hormones and all of that kind of stuff. And she's starting to kind of think through what's it going to be like to, you know, be a teenager and what's it going to be like to grow up. And then I've got younger ones that think it's kind of cool to even just look up to a preteen. And so all of them are it gives lots of good family kind of conversations. And I think in a way that this movie wouldn't get made today, I think this movie would be a little more risque uh, if it were made today. Like, for example, there is a really fun movie, a really good movie called Little. Um, that um, both uh, Heidi and I were actually talking about at one point, which is a very similar premise. It's just the reverse of it. Um, A woman goes back to being a a little girl and it has a little bit more risque humor. It's a little more PG-13. PG This movie really captures kind of the fun, innocent vibe of being 13. Uh, And so I think it really works. But here's the themes that we want to talk about uh, in this movie, which is this is a movie about um, figuring out how uh, the decisions you make when you're young, when you're 13, affect who you are when you're 30. That when you're 13, uh, the decisions you make, they actually determine the person you become as you age. And we know that as adults, right? In this movie, uh, Jennifer Garner's character is really desperate to be popular and to fit in. And she makes decisions about who she'll be friends with. And, and, and she treats people she used to be friends with in a certain way. And it sets up this trajectory that by the end of the movie, she even just says, I don't like the person I became. But all of those things, and, and Sawyer already mentioned this, all of those things are set up in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Her desire to fit in, to have a boyfriend, to be grown up, to kind of cut corners to get where she wants, develops her to be, as we find out in this movie, a, a woman who didn't talk to her best friend all, uh, treated treated him like dirt all through high school, never sees him again, uh, ends up being a woman who is cheating while she, uh, she is sleeping with a married man, right, who is a her co-worker's husband. Uh, she's a person who is lying to her co-workers, selling company secrets to another company. Like, she has become the person she doesn't want to be. And she realizes all of those decisions came from small decisions I made when I was a kid. And so we think this movie is a great opportunity to talk to your kids about, hey, I know that these things that you're dealing with now, or even the struggles you face right now, they feel like they won't matter. Well, we'll flip them two ways. You think this decision only affects what happens right now. But this decision will affect the rest, could affect the rest of your life and the person you become. The other side of that is this emotion you're dealing with 
this situation you're dealing with, you think this is going to last forever. And to be able to say to our kids, emotions are temporary, but the consequences of your decisions can be forever, right? So this is a great way to talk about that. So let's start um, with how this movie, and Donnie, I want to come to you. You're the hero of the podcast. You you talked about one of the, the kind of chief struggles that uh, Jennifer Garner's character in this movie deals with is this idea of really wanting to fit in and she's willing to change who she is to get people to like her. How can we talk to our kids about using this movie, how that affects her as an adult? Yeah. Um, so like kind of taken from the scene that um, kind of sparked that idea is that when she's uh, hanging out with her friends, I think it's her birthday. And then like her friend, <clears throat> Like Maddie's like, hey, I'm going to go get some music because they're trying to they're trying to be themselves authentically. But then when these uh, the girls show up, I guess they're, they're called the sixes. And so, right. The, is six, that the six chicks. Oh, the six chicks. Because she's going to be the seventh chick. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, when so when they show up, she changes everything about things she rejects the things that she's thought of the things that she's believed the things that she kind of held as like things close to her heart and i think right. you when you see that that's exactly the things that sometimes we can do as when we're younger we start rejecting things because other people reject them and even though that's not what we know like that's not yeah. the that's not what we grew up on like it'll be like well Someone will say, you know, you're uh, like, they'll say things like you're approved because you don't do this or things like that. And so going into as you become an adult, you start to think, well, you have those mentalities in your head going, OK, if I do this, then people are going to judge me. And I have to I have to fit in with people. If I want people to like me or to even love me, I need to bend and change to what fits them or fits for them rather than staying true to myself and staying true to what my beliefs are and what my like moral code is. Yeah. And I think for, once again, Christian parents to be able to say to our kids, um, Hey, look, who you are is rooted. Like you said, in your beliefs, it is in Christ's character. And the person that, that God made you to be is a person who is kind, who is honest, who is faithful, right? Go through the fruit of the spirits, right? They're loving, they're joyful, they're peaceful, they're patient, they're kind, they're good, they're faithful, they're gentle. They have control of themselves. They're not controlled by their emotions or what other people think. And anytime you choose to say, hey, just for right now, I'm not going to be as honest. Mm -hmm. Because I know kids, I know as a kid, I remember feeling this way. I know as an adult, I feel this way. I'm going to lie, but it's just going to be this one time. I'm just going to do it this one time because this situation requires it. It's the uh, the old joke about the uh, the the girl in Sunday school class when they say, what is a lie? And she says, it's an abomination before God and an ever-present help in times of trouble. Uh, that, I, I don't want to really get rid of lying. I want to have it just in case it can really come in handy, right? Mm -hmm. And we see that. So, Donnie, can we talk about for a minute how do you have this conversation with your kid, especially, and let's look at more kind of older kids, teenagers, they're in a situation, right? And, and, and they're trying to figure out, Hey, I want, I want to do this to fit in, but they know, or, you know, I should say as the parent, what they're about to do, uh, is going to lead them down a path 
And I'm not talking about their grades. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about their future prospects as a per- I'm talking about it could create in them the kind of person who is dishonest, who is unkind. How do we use like and not I'm not saying having to use elements of this movie, but kind of the 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 narrative arc of hey, think through, get to the end of this. What person do you want to be? Can we yeah. talk about how, how how do you think we can have that conversation with our kids? I mean, I think the the honest way to have it, especially with our kids, is that when you're sitting down with them, you say, look, the decisions that you're making today have, you know, long-term effects, whether you see them or not. And you have to ask yourself, when you're making a decision, are you making it because you want an immediate thing or yeah. are you trying to build toward what the future will hold? It's the idea of, if I show myself to be honest now, I can be viewed as trustworthy as I become an adult, as I become older. I can be the person that's viewed as this person is very earnest in who they are, you know, and having that conversation with them because I think it's very easy to go, well, don't do what this person did or don't do what that person did. And it's like, instead, focus on wanting them to helping them to know and to grow in a direction of wanting to do the right thing versus just doing the right thing like yeah. giving helping them to develop the desire to do right even when doing right may cost them something at this moment yeah well and i think especially in terms of this movie so much of it is about this desire as you said to fit in but really to be popular that there is a kind of friend or there's a class of friend that she wants to be associated with and it's these six chicks um and being able to really talk to our kids about why it's important to pick the right friends and i don't mean i don't mean the way we often say of like um of 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 avoiding people and not having influence what i mean is who are the people who are going to speak into your life who are the people who are going to have influence over you sawyer you mentioned at the beginning uh, when we were before we were filming there's a quote at the very beginning of the movie that kind of sums up a lot of this for you um do you remember do you remember what that is yeah yeah so at the very beginning she says i i don't want to be original i want to be cool is the thing and mm-hmm. and and something that you pointed out during that that part of our conversation, Nathan, is no middle schooler would ever say that out loud, which right. is correct. No middle schooler is ever going to say that out loud. But I think it gets to kind of like the psyche, not only of this movie, but especially a lot of middle schoolers in like even today's world. I think that's a very yeah. relatable line of dialogue. And I think it sets up a lot of things throughout the movie. You know, she sees what her life becomes in the pursuit of being cool is the thing. And, and I, I I think that, you know, it's honestly, it's a good parenting tool. I think as someone who's not a parent, I will admit, but like, I think it's just, it's something that like, if you can kind of get that in the back of your brain, your kid, whether they admit it or not, wants to be socially accepted in middle school. It's That's it's right. the weirdest time of any human well, being. Well, because alive. you as an adult want to be socially exactly. accepted. You know, every person wants to be. and But it really is, like you said, middle school is when they really start to see it. And I see it right now in my preteen where she, for the first time, is a little bit more insecure. We were at a uh, event at the church couple weeks ago where uh we were packing meals and she had to wear a hairnet and she was like i have to wear that like it was the first time where like i realized oh my god like i have a i have a daughter who 
is aware of what her body looks like. And it's kind of sad when you're the parent because you're like, oh, I don't want you to think those thoughts, you know. But like you said, Sawyer, middle school really is where that hits its kind of not peak necessarily, but it starts moving that direction. Well, yeah. And like, you know, it's it's just like that's when all that starts, you know, their bodies are changing and they're 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 becoming more aware. And this movie taps into that awareness that a kid in that age range has is the thing. And yeah. and then it the movie gets fun by being like, okay, now what if that kid could have whatever they think they want? You know, they're gonna and and the movie just does a great job. And I, I again I think Mark Ruffalo actually shows up and the stuff that does work that's sincere in the movie for me all kind of stems from when she finds him. Yeah. Um and and so yeah, I, I just I thought that this movie did a great job of kind of setting up the stakes of middle school to a certain extent for parents, especially. Yeah. Well, and I think the conversation we can have with our kids, and we were having this a little before, but um, this movie helps us understand why being cool is not as important uh, because often what it takes to be cool uh, or or we'll even just say just to fit in what you think it will take to get ahead often forms you into the kind of person you don't want to be. Uh, the kind of person and that what really is original. And I remember figuring this out. It just took me too late. I wasn't in junior high or high school to be able to understand that what makes a junior or high school or really even an adult original in our world is to live like Christ, to do good to those who do evil to you, to live up to uh, the, the Christian sexual ethic, to uh, live out in your personal relationships, the kind of generosity that Christ exhibits, uh, the idea that my life is not my own, but I belong to others. That is in, in a you do you society. Uh, that is truly original. And to be able to teach our kids like, hey, fitting in, being cool, that's a temporary thing. But if you could see a bigger scope and you realize the person that you become, uh, there's a myth we used to use a lot when I did youth ministry called the bifurcation myth, which is most teenagers think, and unfortunately, a lot of adults think uh, there's there's a way to bifurcate my life. You cut it right down the middle. And there was my my teen years because it's what we tell kids. Hey, go out, have fun, live it up. These are the these are the years of your life where you should go out and go out and experiment and make mistakes and do a lot of stuff that you can't do when you're an adult. Right. Uh, which may be true when it comes to eating hot talkies at three in the morning, but is not true when we want to tell our kids. And we know this as parents because that's what freaks us out. We don't want them experimenting with drugs or alcohol. We don't want them experimenting with sex. Uh, but what e what we should also know is I don't want them I don't want them experimenting with dishonesty and disrespect because what most of us know is my temper didn't start when I had kids. Mm -hmm. My temper started when I was a kid, and I never learned how to deal with it. And now I'm an adult who. It is more difficult for me to deal with it, right? I remember my dad used to say that uh, people are like concrete and that when when they're young, they're moving so much and they're changing so much that everything's really soft and you can make really small changes. You know, when you go to concrete, when it's still soft, you can just make little tiny imprints and then when it hardens, it becomes fixed forever. And he says, the older you get, it's harder to keep moving that concrete. And he said, if you can make the right kind of changes when you're young, when you're a kid, it will set you up on a path for the rest of your life that will just benefit you. And that's something we can teach our kids. Now, once again, 
saying it to our kids is not going to get it through. We got to live it out too. We got to live it out. And I think a good way to do this, as Donnie had already said, is admit where we messed up to be able to say to our kids, hey, when I'm having the conversation about, hey, I know you think this decision doesn't matter, point back to some of the things I still struggle with right now, they're things that I started when I was in high school or they're things I started when I was in middle school or when I was seven or when I was eight. I never learned how to deal with my temper or, hey, I never got control of this lust. I never got control of this greed. I never learned how to spend my money and save it and 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 give. And it's hard for me. And I was, and I don't want that for you, right? Don't don't allow the thing of them going. Well, you did it too. Yes, that's right. That's why I'm telling you this. I did it, and I know it doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, and the honesty of my my family, my parents with me was always huge. Yeah. It was always huge. You're gonna say something, Donnie? Yeah, I was. I, mean, I was thinking about it, like in. As much as I remember hearing the phrase of, you know, or even for myself, you know, wanting to grow up and run, wanting to grow up because, you know, being an adult was going to be the greatest thing in the world. And then realizing as soon as I hit 18, it was like, nope, nope, rewind, rewind, pause. Um, where's, where's, you know, trying to get back. But like, I also realized that, like you said, as we got, as we get older, looking back, it's so interesting to see the little seeds that were planted that still grew because we didn't, we either didn't have a person that was willing to speak truth in our lives or in the middle of like speaking truth, we didn't have opportunity. We didn't take the opportunities to curb it. We would like lean into it more because it's like the idea is like the kid that, you know, didn't speak up because they thought their idea wasn't good and it was actually really good. It was just different. You know, now being an adult, they don't speak up in meetings and, you know, they have insecurity being able to present ideas. And the same thing goes with like maybe, you know, the kid that now is the shy one that doesn't speak much is maybe because they haven't built the confidence because they've constantly just tried to fit in rather than trying to be something different. Because, you know, like if you look at the example in the Bible, like Moses was like, I don't speak good. I don't do good speaking things. God, yeah. just pick somebody else. And it's like, nope, nope, I'm going to use you. Like, no, but I don't speak well. I don't do the words, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and I think that, oh, go ahead. No, I'm like, and I think it's just that, is that I think it's it's those little seeds that are planted from earlier interactions, earlier experiences in life. And then we go, oh, this won't matter in the long run. It's like, yeah. And then 30 years later, I still struggle with that particular thing because I didn't take care of it sooner on in my life. Well, and this is not the point of this podcast, so I don't want to I don't want to labor too much on this one point I'm about to make. But most of what we teach our children is caught, not taught. And what I mean is, we often just want to tell them those things. We as the parents are the ones who have to put them in positions for that to happen. So you have a kid who doesn't want to speak to adults. I'm really quiet and I don't I have I have a kid who doesn't ever want to and they the adults stare and they just they they will not, they they will stare you down until you walk away. So what I try to do because I know I know is what Donnie said. Some of that's her her temperament, but some of that is going to be a cancer the rest of her life that she can't speak her mind and she can't tell people. So we practice things every time the waitress comes around. Daddy doesn't order for you. Yeah, I know you're eight. You order for you, and if you can't speak up, you don't eat. And you, they eventually speak up because I know that's a thing. I've got another kid who I'd say, hey, this temper of yours, this blurting out everything 
That's a real problem. And I can teach them that, but I can also go, hey, I'm going to put you in a position. And when other people are mad at you and other kids don't want to play with you, which happens, daddy's not going to step in and make your sisters play with you. I'm going to let you sit in them. And I've told them this before. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. And I have to say to them, hey, you know, God made you to be a thinker. God made you to be a thinker. And that's a great thing. But the point of God giving you such great thoughts is that you would share them. So you got to learn how to speak up and share them. And I've said to other kids, God made you to be strong and he's made you to have quick decisions and be able to know what to do. And that's why you speak your mind so clearly. But you also need to listen to other people and stop talking so much. <laughs> like being able to say that to our kids. And I can teach them that and say it. But if I, as the parent, don't enforce that and make it happen, if I allow them to live in fear, or to live and to never feel the consequences of the bad decisions they make, it won't ever change for them. And so my job as a parent is to love them and to help them see, hey, this is how God wired you up, but here are the unintended consequences you can't see. Now, Heidi, you had a, a great point when we were talking before, and I kind of want to get us towards the end with this idea, um, which is that you as the parent, you were talking about how important it was for you to kind of figure out for them um, you were talking about your son who's now an adult, but when he was a teenager, um, being able to kind of try and help, you wish you could have helped him understand, hey, this thing you're going through right now or this feeling you have right now or this situation you have right now, that's a temporary kind of thing. And I know it doesn't feel like it is, and this is a big deal, but the decisions you make, those are forever. The consequences of what you do, those are forever. So can you talk about how as we as parents can help, especially, and I'm talking more like teenagers than, than little kids, how do we have those kind of conversations with our kids? So I think like one of the things that I used to just try to tell him was that like this feels like the biggest thing, but if you just give it a little bit of space, a little bit of time, because, you know, I think so much of what we do in life just in general is like reactionary and so if we can begin at those really I mean even younger than teenagers but it's easier to have the conversation obviously when they kind of understand it and see it at play but like just to like pause give this whole massive thing that you feel like is ending your life a little bit of time and then you'll see you know either a good night's sleep or a week of, you know, a weekend of being away from your friends during the school year, it really gives some space for things to sort themselves out, you know? And I think it's just like one of those things of, of teaching them to um, respond to things that happen versus reacting to things that happen. Yes. And then just letting those things kind of navigate the path that they find reacting and then something else and reacting to that and something else, uh, you know, to be more intentional with the steps that they take um, towards their decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said there, and I loved responding rather than reacting. And what it makes me think of is, you know, Paul says in Galatians, uh, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows or a person, you know, they, they will eventually harvest what they plant and, you know, Donnie's already used the phrasing of you're planting seeds all the time. And those things are going to produce and be able to say to our kids, hey, your emotions are real and what you're feeling right now, it matters. And I don't want to diminish this. You know, I think one of the things I think about like breakups as being the thing, like when your kid breaks up with someone in middle school and you want to be like, you know what? This isn't that big of a deal. Everyone breaks up. You were only together two weeks. Why is this that big of a deal? Like being able to say to them, uh, hey, this really matters. And this is a big deal. 
and I'm sorry, you, I'm sorry you hurt, but you need to understand the next decision that you make because of this is more important than the feeling you're feeling right now. Because you could feel really bad and feel lonely and then jump into another bad relationship and jump into something else, which may have consequences you can't imagine. You you don't even know what's coming down the road. Or, you know, to be able to say to our kids, hey, and I, I think about because I have I have I have girls in my home to be able to say one day, hey, I know you really want a boyfriend. And I know you really want don't want to be the only girl who doesn't have a, a boyfriend at school. And I know this guy's saying he'll be your boyfriend if you send him some pictures or you 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 say some things on text or you go a little farther than you mean to go. And I know but that feeling of being rejected, that is temporary. The, the feeling matters, and I'm so sorry you feel this way, but that is temporary. We as the parents have to be the ones with the wisdom, and wisdom only comes from experience, to remember. I remember what it was like to be 13 and feel like this was the biggest deal in the world. But to be able to give them the perspective of, but this isn't forever. This isn't forever. But the, the next decision you make, and once again, because it creates a kind of person, and this is why, for many people, you jumped into your second marriage because, and, and then you had to get into a third marriage because the second marriage only happened because you felt so bad about what happened in the first marriage. And, and, and you never learned to say this feeling, it matters, but the feelings are temporary, but decisions are forever and they form the kind of person. And the reverse of that is true. We're talking about negative consequences. If you become the kind of kid who says, hey, I can do hard things. I have one daughter who never wants to do anything hard, doesn't want to put any effort into her school, doesn't want to put any effort into chores, doesn't want to put her effort into anything. But I go, this bad feeling of boredom, this bad feeling of this is too much, this is too much hard work for me. If you will push through that and make a good decision, the kind of person you become, that is a reward to you. The kind of person who can do difficult things, who can get up and do things no matter how bad they feel. That is a blessing to not only to you, but to your future spouse, to your future kids, because how many of us as parents are cranky and we take it out on our kids? And wouldn't it be better if they had a mom or a dad who knew how to do a hard thing like put up with irritability and not take it out on another person? What a blessing that would be. We get the opportunity to give that to our kids. But once again, it's not just something we teach. It's something we have to do. And a lot of that times is letting our kids suffer through the consequences of their actions when they make a bad choice. Or sometimes it's making them do the hard thing even though they cry through the whole thing and eyes the mom want to come in and fix it or eyes the dad just want to take it away. But this is the best thing that we can do. And this is where I meant before. There is no, and that's what Jesus did. It's none of that. What it is is if I become the kind, it is hard to love Jesus when Jesus asks me to do hard things and I've never wanted to do a hard thing in my whole life. But when I learned doing hard things is part of life, then what I realize is the reward of following Jesus is better than the hard thing he's asking me to do. And that's that's just a part of teaching the love Jesus and his way of life, which is what we're all about on this podcast. So we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for joining us uh, on this episode. We will see you guys next week.